Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning asking that you would open up your scriptures that we might know, O Lord, that we have met with you this morning and that, Lord, you are working powerfully in our midst and in our lives, changing us and transforming us into the image of your dear Son, in whose name we pray. Amen. So the scripture uh, that I'd like to focus on uh, this morning, especially in light of uh, the fact that uh, we have begun um, a new year, is Second Peter uh, chapter three. Second Peter chapter three. Uh, verse 18 in particular, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and to him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So a better summation of what our remaining time here should look like uh, could not be given um, than what we have just heard, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and so we would do well to uh, take a look at this well-known uh, portion of God's word in its immediate context. Um, so I'd like to look at uh, this verse in, uh, under three headings. So, growing in, in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, but in such a way that we um, are removing the impediments to that growth, <clears throat> using the provisions for that growth, and attaining the goals of that growth. <clears throat> so, um, first, I'd like to take a look at the um, impediments uh, to growth. Um, you notice that the first portion of our verse uh, has a conjunction, the word but. Um, so we know that uh, he's saying the, uh, the apostle Peter, uh, however, you are to grow, right? So he has just dealt with um, many, many uh, factors within our world that are opposed to uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and to the, salva the message of salvation. And uh, he is saying that uh, you uh, are to be different um, because of what the Lord has done in beginning that work of salvation in your heart. You are to grow. And you are uh, to grow despite the impediments, despite uh, those things that uh, we see in our world, and as hard as they are, and as troubling as they are, uh, and causing great grief sometimes to our hearts, we are to grow. And we are to make use of uh, the provisions, and we are to more and more um, resemble in our relationship uh, the Lord Jesus Christ as we attain those goals uh, that he has set for us in, in, the, in, in this verse. <clears throat> So, I'd like you to 
think about this, uh, you know, you know that it's a command, it's in the imperative, uh, but grow. Um, so I'd like you to think about beyond that, that it's a challenge. Um, and I think that you can understand that. Um, it's very challenging, right, to grow in, in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ in light of uh, the many factors that we have to endure um, in, this, in this world uh, prior to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ when he will make all things new and there will be a new heaven and a new earth um, and all things uh, previous uh, will be purged with, with holy fire. Um, but there's a third element. So there's a, that element of command. There's the element of challenge. Um, but you might not have considered it um, as well as a cheer. Um, because you and I, in Christ Jesus, are more than conquerors. And so we need to look at this verse, yes, as a command, yes, as a challenge, but yes, also as a cheer. That the Lord is with us, the Lord has given us everything we need in order to obey um, him in growing in Christ Jesus. So I'd like you to think about um, personality um, testing. And then, of course, I'm going to apply it to the fact that Jesus Christ has his own personality uh, testing for each and every one of us. Because we're so different. Right? And, and so this um, call to growth is, is tailor-made for you and for me um, because he intimately knows you and he intimately knows me. And, uh, and so when we think of the personality testing, um, you know it's used in a wide range of contexts, uh, including individual um, uh, relationships, counseling, um, clinical, psychology, career counseling, employment uh, testing. And what does it do? It measures the characteristic patterns, the characteristic patterns of traits that people exhibit across various situations. <clears throat> and uh, so it, co- uh, you know, as far as the Lord in working in our hearts and uh, working on our personalities, it uh, codifies our strengths and weaknesses. Uh, it assesses um, that human personality at its deepest, deepest level. Um, so no one in this room, no one in worship this morning is exempt from this command, this challenge, and this cheer. Um, it, no one is, um, is invalidated in, in any way from um, obeying this, this command of the Lord. But the Lord, in this personality testing of his people, um, has established his church, has established his church as the pillar um, of, and foundation of the truth. And, um, and so we're going to experience uh, that testing that James talks about in James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. Um, we're going to be tried. And, uh, and so the Lord is going to deal with our instability. He wants to make us more and more stable 
in Christ. He's going to deal with our um, ineffectualness. Right? So he's going to bring the word to bear uh, to our hearts. He's going to deal with the immaturity that we have. Yes, I said immaturity. And it doesn't matter how, how long you have been a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, you grow. Yes, you are going to be more advanced in your understanding of God's word than uh, those who have just become believers. But there's areas of our lives that we haven't even dealt with yet. And, and the Lord knows all of them, and the Lord deals with it. Um, and, you know, he's, he, we have to be malleable in, in, his, in, in his sight, in his hands, because we're being molded and we're being shaped uh, into his image. But he deals with us, um, and I'm thinking especially of those, those painful experiences, the losses, the sorrow. The, it's like we're on the anvil of um, of the affections of Christ, and he's molding us and shaping us into his likeness. Um, so it's, he's meeting us at the seat of, of, of our emotions. That's personality at the, at the deepest uh, level. Um, so, but grow, he tells us. Now, we've all been justified. We've all been made perfect in the sight of God because of Christ's righteousness, um, and sanctified. Um, we need to remember that we talk of sanctification in, in essentially two different ways, the scripture does. Um, positionally, um, we are made like him. Um, we are set apart and made holy. And that's a definitive, um, absolute sanctification. But scripture and We commonly use it in the progressive sense that we need to keep dealing with the remaining corruption that we have um, yet in in our hearts. And um, we we repent. And because the scripture says not only that you are perfect um, in Christ, but you are to be perfect. And and so we are going to uh, strive like the Apostle Paul. it's like he's saying, I'm, I'm striving for perfection, knowing full well that on this side of eternity, I cannot attain it. But he keeps going. Another way to say that is he keeps growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it all hinges on our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. When we speak of Jesus Christ as Redeemer, we're speaking of him as our prophet, as our priest, and as our king. And so we are told in Colossians chapter 3, we're told in Ephesians chapter 4, to do what? To put off the old man and to put on the new. We are created again in Christ. We are to put on the new self in knowledge, in righteousness, and holiness. And so in the context of which what Peter is referring to. He's talking about the sinful desires of those who do not know the Lord, do not love the Lord, do not submit to the Lord. Verse 4, how they're twisting the scripture, uh, distorting it. Verse 16, and how they are doing whatever they want to do. They're exercising their wills. 
and not submitting to the truth of the Lord. Um, Verse 17. So the Lord Jesus Christ has come, and he has come in our likeness. And that means he fulfills all righteousness. So when we look at ourselves, we're looking at ourselves as having those essential parts, those three parts, right? So we have the mind, we're thinking, beings, uh, we have the emotions, we feel, um, and also we have wills, we exercise our wills. And we know that um, only in Christ is that restoration brought about, um, and we are called uh, to put on the, the new self in Christ Jesus, put on the Lord Jesus Christ in every aspect so that our minds now can be rightly informed. Our feelings can be rightly informed, and our wills can be rightly informed. And scripture speaks of this um, in ways that we don't even really think about unless we are, uh, unless it's pointed out to us. Um, Speak the truth, right? Well, that's the truth. Well, that's not the whole verse, is it? It's speak the truth, use your mind, but use the right emotion in love. Speak the truth in love. Be hearers. Be hearers of the word. How could you go wrong with that? Be hearers um, of the word. But not just hearers. You have to exercise your wills. You have to be doers of the word. Um, We're told not to be tossed about by every wind of doctrine. So you're basing all the decisions that you're making on your your emotions. And, um, And so... One verse that really ties all three together so beautifully is that uh, what Jesus Christ said, if you love me, the emotional aspect, you will keep the exercising of our wills, my commandments. That is how we comprehend using our minds, using our thinking, um, what the Lord Jesus Christ has said to us in his holy word. So I'd like to um, look then now at the, at the second uh, point. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and again, we're dealing with our own instability. We're dealing with our own effectual, um, ineffectualness. And we're dealing with our own immaturity. And these things um, crystallize as, as we, we grow. Uh, the Lord through his spirit, through his word, um, brings them, brings them um, to the surface, if you will, that they may be addressed um, and that they may be repented of if, um, and that we might uh, move in a way which is, is pleasing uh, to, to the Lord. <clears throat> so uh, the second uh, point of the, of the message uh, really emphasizes uh, what we looked at <clears throat> In our first reading uh, with Moses, um, Moses uh, praised this prayer uh, because um, of the judgment, uh, the discipline of the Lord that came down on the Israelite community for uh, worshiping, false worshiping, right? For um, the sin of worshiping the golden calf. 
And so um, Moses, with great fear and trepidation, uh, trepidation <laughs> goes before the Lord and says, Lord, you, you must go with us. And um, if you don't carry us up from here, don't bring us, don't bring us. And so it's, it's that kind of uh, spirit <clears throat> that we need to possess as we, uh, as we move forward in looking at this passage. <clears throat> so am, the second question that I would ask you this morning is, am I using the provisions for growth? So this is a daily uh, feeding on Christ uh, for nourishment and exercise um, <clears throat> that we might be sustained in his super abounding grace and knowledge. <clears throat> and that's why we are called to grow in his grace and in his knowledge. Um, so I'd like to think about this under um, the idea of spectacles, glasses, um, and you have lenses uh, that are held before your eyes. And look at those lenses as, as grace and knowledge, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the knowledge of the Lord. And they, and they both advance um, together in our life. So we are asking uh, the Lord for, um, for his grace continually. What does grace do? Well, with the eye of faith, grace directs us to the giver. God is, is inclining himself and continually inclining himself toward us in the Lord Jesus Christ with his undeserved, with, uh, his undeserved love and favor. And uh, so <clears throat> what, uh, what encouragement that is for us. There might be a reference here to um, growing in the graces of the Lord, um, which indicate the, the beauties and the excellencies of Christian character. Um, however, they really um, don't change the overall meaning here, um, that with the daily increasing capacity um, that the Lord has, has begun within us through the Spirit and through the Word, uh, there is a daily progressive transformation um, a daily increasing possession of, of the gifts of his grace. So grace, we pray for, for, for grace um, and that daily. We, we pray also for, for the knowledge um, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And with the eye of faith, <clears throat> where does knowledge direct us? Knowledge directs us to its object, um, to... Um, applied knowledge. It literally means applied knowledge. Uh, but only, we know that this applied knowledge is only as accurate as the relationship it derives from. And so we must, again, f fix our uh, focus upon the Lord Jesus Christ and upon him alone. Another encouraging aspect of this is that we know that the seed has, um, we have become born again, right? So we, we know we have the seed um, or germ within us. And this call to growth is not something we have to run and find. You know, go to this preacher, go to that preacher. Oh, 
Uh, I want to go to that conference. I want to. I, um, it, it, it's not that at all. We have that new birth within us. And so as we submit, using the means of grace, uh, we, we find ourselves growing. Think about a baby growing in the womb, right? Uh, th- at no point is that, can we say that's not a baby, right? And so Christ in you, the hope of glory, Paul says, that's been implanted in us. It's like the DNA is, is within us. And so we grow. That's greatly. That's a great encouragement uh, for for the people of God. And so there's this expanding uh, transformation going on as we yield uh, to the Word of God and to the Holy Spirit. And speaking of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, um, we can talk of those two. Um, aspects of, of this uh, message as, as the actual framers of the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. They hold the lenses, like, like my uh, lenses, uh, my frames hold the lenses before my eyes continually, no matter where, where I turn. So it's, it's the word of God that um, the Lord has given us, and it's the Holy Spirit that has been sent by the Lord Jesus Christ, um, both of which are directing us to the grace of Christ and the knowledge of Christ. So there are these two provisions, two catalysts, both of which are living and active. The Word of God frames for us the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ before our eyes. The Holy Spirit frames the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ before our eyes. And so we had these two major dispensers of grace and knowledge, the Word and the Spirit. So um, let me just say a few things about the Word of grace and knowledge. Um, Jesus Christ himself said, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So we are enrolled in the school of Christ. We are submitting to the word of God in Christ, and it is vital to the healthy growth that we are being called upon here to exhibit in Christ. Um, His word is action. So when we look at our word, you know, I might say something and then not do it. I mean, there's a great divide between our word and the doing of what we say we're going to do. Well, not not so with God. Um, God sends out his word. It accomplishes what it was sent out to do. And so that's um, what what an amazing aspect of of our God uh, to consider uh, especially as we're, we're asking for the word uh, to come and be effectual um, in our hearts this morning, that he accomplishes what he sends it to do. And, may, and then, Lord, do work in that way in my heart. Um, so we must take great care that we don't fail to see in all of Scripture Uh, the Lord and Savior of our souls, like the two on the way to Emmaus on Luke chapter 24, um, how their hearts were inflamed with with love for for the Savior. I I say this because um, 
I'm not sure if you realize our third president um, of the United States of America had a secret. Um, he had his carefully edited version of the New Testament. Um, and what he did is he took, he assembled um, one Bible, New Testament, from four different translations. And it's, it's displayed even now um, at the Smith, Smithsonian National Museum of American History. <clears throat> but what he did is he excised all the passages that referred to Christ and his deity, uh, not to Christ, but to his deity and to all of the miracles that he performed. He did not believe them. You see how he's relying on his own knowledge, his own experience, um, and how he goes astray. So he has this this edited version of the New Testament that is devoid of uh, the deity of Christ, any mention of the deity of Christ and, and the miracles that he and his disciples uh, performed. Um, so he destroys the very dispenser of the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. How awful. How awful is that? Um, so we realize then that the word is the word of the shepherd of our souls. And so it is the word uh, that takes this tailor-made plan for you and for me and applies it with great power. Um, Remember that as we submit to the word of God, we realize it is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. It reproves, it corrects, it encourages, it comforts us in Christ Jesus So the second um, dispenser or catalyst of the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ is the spirit of grace and knowledge. Um, Jesus himself said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will send my spirit and he will lead you into all truth. So we read um, in 2 Corinthians Chapter 3, verses 17 to 18. Let me just read that, Um, 17 to 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. And the Apostle Paul isn't trying to confuse us here. Um, If you think about what he says in Romans chapter 8, verses 9 to 10, I think it clarifies it um, to a large degree where he talks about the spirit of Christ being in you. And then in another verse, um, uh, he said the spirit of God. And then another verse, the spirit of Christ. And then another verse, and if Christ is in you. And so this really does speak of how the Holy Spirit was sent by the Father and by the Son to glorify the Son and to make his work known uh, to the believer. <clears throat> and again, what, what, great, 
what great consolation for us, what great comfort that brings uh, to our soul that the spirit of the Lord is within us. So we must take great care then that we do not uh, deny in any way uh, the person of the Holy Spirit. Um, I say that because sometimes we, we overreact to those that go too far the other way in uh, speaking about things that the Holy Spirit did previously before the closing of the canon and uh, to confirm the miracles that the apostles were performing. And, um, and rightly so, we would say, no, that does not continue. Um, but then you go so far the other way that you fall in a ditch on the other side. And so what you're doing is something that is, um, is detrimental to your, own, to your own health and to your own growth. Uh, but to realize that uh, uh, the person of the Holy Spirit is powerfully at work within us. And we rely on the Holy Spirit um, to understand the very word of God uh, that we're, we're reading or that is being preached and proclaimed. And so we see that in, in the similar fashion as the word of God, um, applying this tailor-made plan, so too the Holy Spirit uh, is implementing and encouraging us. Um, he is the spirit of the shepherd of our souls. And so we submit to the spirit of God. We keep in step with the spirit. We pray in the spirit and uh, we put on the fruit of uh, the spirit. So there's one more, uh, one more aspect of this, of this verse. <clears throat> but grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Um, that we'll look at, and it's that last portion. Um, and so what you can ask yourself this morning is, well, am I, am I really resembling the Lord Jesus Christ more and more? Am I achieving the goals set forth in this verse? Um, <clears throat> growth has a great purpose of directing us in our relationship with the Lord to, to the inner sanctum, if you will, um, so close, so close um, that, as it were, you, you, you can't get any closer. Um, and, and so you're in that inner sanctum of, of the Lord, beholding his glory um, in Christ Jesus. And so we see his holiness and, and, and we experience his love. Um, and so those goals, I, and I, I see three in, in number here. Um, the first is our reciprocal roles. Are we growing in our reciprocal roles? Ro, uh, roles, excuse me, <clears throat> to Lord and Savior. Okay, these are um, uh, titles <clears throat> um, that the Lord Jesus Christ has. Um, and so, when we think about our reciprocal role to Him as Lord. What am I saying? Well, when you consider the Lord, you're considering obeying him, falling on your face before him as a servant. And so you need to see that aspect 
of your life growing. That servant aspect. But it's, 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 it's servant Lord. Right? So it's, it's servant friend um, that we experience more and more as we talk face to face with God through Jesus Christ. Um, you cannot have Jesus as Savior and not have him as Lord. Uh, we grow in that Lordship. And uh, the thief on the cross had uh, very little time left to advance in sanctification, uh, but he clearly embraced the lordship of Jesus Christ. And the second aspect of that is our reciprocal role to him as savior. Um, And so we see ourselves as a sinner. I mean, how could you see him as savior if you don't acknowledge that you're a sinner, right? So, but sinners that are saved, saved sinners, in other words, who are on display for the Lord, which leads to the second goal, the corresponding transformation. Um, the transformation. If we really know him as Lord and Savior, we're going to experience uh, transformation within our lives. We really are. Um, Paul cried out in Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 to 14, uh, but the emphasis, I want to know Christ. I want to know him, and I want to know of of the power of his resurrection. Um, And so that has to be present. That has to be present in our lives, and and that has to be growing. So we know him as Lord. We know him as Savior, and, and that has that element of being a servant, friend, a saved sinner, and a transformation that experiences what the Lord Jesus Christ so willingly is going to give us as we approach him. Uh, the experience of, of his resurrection power to transform us and to help us in every trial, in every tribulation, in every um, false teaching that, that comes down uh, the line, the Lord is committed to helping his people, giving them the grace and the mercy and the love that they so desperately need. The third goal is our reasonable service or our act of worship uh, for our Lord and Savior. And just think about Peter, Um, and I know you know the passage so well. Peter sinned against the Lord. He fell away, um, uh, denying that he knew the Lord. Uh, That was foretold, and when it happened, it all came back, and he just cried um, before the Lord. And the Lord had told him, when you are restored, strengthen your brothers and so when the, when the, after the Lord rose from, from the dead, um, we, see, we see Peter's growth. <laughs> he, of all people, knew uh, what, what this verse meant. Uh, Peter's growth in his repentance, in his increase, his 
progress, his maturity, his stability, right, in the Christian life, in the relationship that he had with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a, a wonderful example for what it means to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There is um, <clears throat> there's a song that I, I listen to, and I, I, and I wouldn't necessarily promote the song, but um, one of the aspects of, of the song, one of the, the lyrics, um, one of the verses really struck me because he, he says in this, it's like a poem, right? Put the music. Give me rules, <clears throat> I will break them. Show me lines, I will cross them. I need more than a truth to believe. I need a truth that lives, moves, and breathes to sweep me off my feet. And I said, oh, isn't that amazing? Um, That if what this writer meant is that I need to deepen my understanding of the grace and knowledge of Christ, I need to draw near to him and and be close to him and and cling to him like Moses did uh, to the Lord. You know, don't don't carry me up from here if if you're not going to go with me and be near me always, right? But how beautiful that is. It looks like Jesus Christ, a truth that lives and moves and breathes and sweeps me off my feet. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. Um, When Christ warned the church at Ephesus, right, in Revelation chapter 2, he said, you've abandoned your first love, right? And and it's like they needed to hear this, uh, this line from the song. I need a truth that lives, breathes, uh, lives, moves, and breathes to sweep me off my feet. Um, A return uh, to uh, the way they loved him and the people of God um, before. Again, another uh, wonderful way to be encouraged as we begin uh, this, this new year. <clears throat> Growth is nothing less than the design of Christ to beautify his body. And I would just encourage you, as I would encourage myself, to be more eager, um, a more longing desire to be used of, of Christ to beautify his people. Um, We don't want to neglect our own tailor-made growth plan, if you will, from God. We don't want to impede, have anything impede that. uh, We we want to grow. Uh, We want to give honor uh, to Christ, but we know that he is jealous uh, for his own name. He's jealous for his church. And so really, we can update Moses' cry with that New Testament version, if you will. If the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, through his word and spirit, does not go with us, carry us not up from here this new year. Let's join our hearts in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we pray that you would take uh, the simple words of this, of this message uh, and bring it uh, to that point of application in our hearts by your Holy Spirit. We pray that you would grow us into the likeness of your only, your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, 
and that we, O Lord, would honor you um, in all that we think, do, and say. For we do ask it in the wonderful name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.